Um, chowder. Sounds disgusting. Ch- chowder. Clam chowder doesn't sound like anything I'd want to try. It it seems like it's probably good in theory. I know lots of people like it. I don't know if I could do clam chowder. Um, have you've never had it before ever? I don't think so. It's uh, an acquired taste. I'm from New England, and I can say I've had clam chowder before. Clam chowder. Not sure if it's a, a something I. I'm not a huge, huge fan of it. I don't go after it. I don't go out of my way for it. But I think you're right with a lot of seafood dishes. Uh, that one's maybe a little bit harder to swallow. Like, <clears throat> I like oysters, and those have an interesting texture. But, I mean, I'm supposed to eat oysters. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I see where you're going with that one. I wonder though, like, cause I like all seafood for the most part, at least. Of, I love sorry. seafood. I, yeah, I like, I like pretty much the regular, you know, good normal seafood that you get in like a seafood restaurant. Uh, so you know, I I'm down with the calamari. I'm down with the. Uh, I don't like calamari. I I feel it, find it ru- like rubbery. Like the texture is weird for me. What about um, scallops or? I love scallops. I make great scallops. But I mean, compared to calamari and like, what's the difference? Because isn't scallops also somewhat rubbery? No. No. Where are you getting your scallops? <laughs> <laughs> I guess at a shitty restaurant. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, well, the I... scallops are what a little bit more flakier, like fish. You mean like? They, no, what, I I feel like it's more it? biteable, as opposed to. <laughs> It's more as opposed to boom. <laughs> well, maybe the calamari you had was not cooked properly or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I still find it like but, I've seen Old Boy too many times and the original Old Boy, not the fucking remake. I, I, I feel like scared. Oh, yeah. And I know it's deep fried, but. That, that, yeah, yeah. They don't, I don't think they normally eat it li- living. I, I heard somewhere that was really more just a. Uh, to exaggerate that scene in the movie um, as opposed to being a real part of Korean there culture. Was, I think it's part of Korean culture or whatever the culture is that does it. Um, I'm ignorant in that regard. But there was a video of a woman who was eating one and... Uh, it was still alive. It was still, still alive and was stuck to her face and like the suction cups were so like stuck to her face. That like when she pulled it off, she like was bleeding, or she had those hickeys. I don't remember what it was. No, it was so they have ago. like sharp ass f- teeth. Um, yeah, it's 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 pretty brutal. Like they can latch on and dig in. That's gross. Um, they're like if you look at it from the bottom, they look like little round alien mouths. Oh yeah, I haven't. I've seen that those big giant squid have beaks in their center. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The the ocean in so many ways is is so crazy. Like the things that we might believe might come from outer space. Well, they already live here under the water and we have not even explored, we explored the ocean. any of that shit. Well, so are you trying to tie it into the floating cum bubbles that fall down on Earth in 1978's <laughs> invasion of the Maybe. body snatchers? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, it was a good tie-in though, right? Yeah, I mean, it was heading there, and little I saw it. Alien it was little, creatures. 
Hey, it's Heidi and Stefan, and welcome back to the Ice Cream Parlor. Yes, yes. We're back at it again with another episode. That's right. And tonight we are talking about Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but not the original. Wait. The 1978 re-envisioning. It's not a remake because the storylines are a little different, but it's a reimagining of it, so to speak. Um, And it is... Uh, from 1978, directed by Philip Kaufman. And the whole time, I'm thinking Philip Kaufman, and my mind was going Seymour... What is it? Seymour... Seymour, Who are you thinking of? Hoffman. Are you... Seymour Hoffman? Wait. You're thinking of Philip Seymour... Philip Seymour. Whatever his last name is. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, that's not him. (laughs) No, 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 no. Anyway... So I, I was thinking about that when we were watching it. I was like, is this a remake Philip of a, an old Hoffman. one? Yes, that's his name. Now, but, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. You're correct, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Good actor. <laughs> um, sorry. Hold on. I have to do something. You talk while I do this. Well, what I was going to say was that I can't, um, I, I, I was like, hey, I believe this is an old movie, like probably a black and white one, one of like the original Yeah, there's like a 1954 or 56 um, original based off of the novel. Um, and that one is a little bit more, um, I think, that I haven't seen it in a, quite some time. I don't remember any of it, really. But I do believe that it's a little bit more of an optimistic ending than the one that we watched Really? <laughs> like, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I was like, all right, I think this is a remake of an older movie. And then now I guess you're saying it's a re-envisioning? Like re-envisioning. Not a, okay. Yes. Because they didn't, it didn't follow, it was changed or whatever. Something was different from yeah. the original. So kind of like story. Halloween was reimagined by Rob Zombie by introducing the childhood trauma and the rest of the family. And... um that creepy ass okay. kid. Right. But yeah. it still was the same premise. This fucker's going to kill everybody. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Gotcha. Um, now, one great thing about this movie was the, the star studded cast. cast. Yeah. Holy moly. Like, I fucking loved it. Every time they saw, like, every time they showed somebody, you're like, ooh, ooh, ah. Holy shit, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> that was the highlight of it right there. Jeff Goldblum was like, oh shit. And we're talking about Donald Sutherland. We're talking uh, Le- Leonard Nimoy. And we are talking about the great Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Um, I didn't know any of these guys were in the movie. Um, <laughs> so that was a real pre- pleasant surprise. Uh, let's see. I'm not too familiar, like, by face and by name, the main actor, would you say his name is Donald, Donald Sutherland? Donald Sutherland? Yeah, like, to me, I feel like he was always, he. I envision him being, like, the B-side actor that's not really the star that plays, like, with the the, the, hench, the henchman of the Are bad guy. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh. He's been in so many movies. Like, I know him from, like, The Hunger Games, I think that was. Um, But also, he is, let's see, he is best known for, well, I guess this movie. But isn't he Kiefer Sutherland's dad? I don't know. Is he? I think so. I have no idea. Maybe. 
But I just like I've, I've seen his face when he yeah. came on screen. He's I was like, oh, that guy. I've seen movies. him before. Like he's but, in a lot, right? But I never would imagine him as being the lead star. I always feel like he plays the <laughs> henchman. <laughs> he was in this movie called "Die, Die, Die, My Darling." Oh, really? A Misfit song? A Misfit song, yes. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, is that another old horror movie that the Misfits Probably. just took an idea from? <laughs> Probably. Okay. He, he's been in a lot of shit. I just pulled up his IMDb because I didn't know much about him. But I know him. I know him from stuff. I feel like I know him from so many different things. Yeah. Do you see what you're saying? You're not naming any titles, which means he was always like the second lead or not really the main character and probably the henchman. A henchman? I don't know. <laughs> I've seen his face. I was, but again, he's, it's like that, that face that just says, oh, uh, yeah, that guy. Okay. Well, he was. <laughs> you were like Donald Sutherland. I'm like, oh yeah, because oh, yeah, so, he was the pre- he was President Snow in Hunger Games. That's all. Hunger Games is fairly recent and new, though. Like he, yeah, this is this is way I before so. then. Well, well yes, Donald, this was decades before. How is he Donald Sutherland? Like then, how was he the lead well, role in this like movie? Well, he's in like 200, like literally 199. None of which you named credits. that were like, oh, we know. Do you see? You're going down the list. You're like, oh, which one am I looking for? All I'm right, trying so. to think of something you've seen. Well. Because you watch nothing unless I tell you to watch it. That's not true. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, we can all watch back-to-back episodes of Restaurant Impossible. You <laughs> um, can't even deny it. No comment. Uh, so... I'm still looking. <laughs> yeah, I know. Still no answer on that. So who was the second lead we said? Oh, Leonard Nimoy. Leonard, See, now, yeah, what's now, Leonard? Oh, what? he was in the Italian job. Who, Leonard Nimoy? No, it's Donald Oh, Donald The original one or the one with no, Mark Wahlberg? the original one. With Mark Wahlberg. So he was a henchman because he definitely wasn't the lead bad guy. <laughs> he was Jason State. State. State's dad's. <laughs> no, he wasn't. Father. I was just kidding. <laughs> he was first responder. Uh that's okay. what he was. No, first I'm just responder. kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! How do I know him if he's? That's what I'm saying. He's one of those guys that always is, plays. I haven't like, seen any of these movies. He, so he might have. He might have been also like you know how like they have a military scene, an officer or a police cop that he's comes Hawkeye in. He's Hawkeye in Mash. Okay, maybe, but uh, I never watched Mash. Uh, what? Uh, it came on and I always switched the channel. I was like, fucking MASH. You know what? MASH and Star Trek are two shows that I can honestly say never got into. I mean, just didn't didn't do it for me. No, he wasn't Hawkeye in MASH. Oh, see? <laughs> see? Still proves my point. Now, Jeff Goldblum, on the other hand. Oh, he was. It was Alan Alda and then Donald Sutherland. Great. We found a shitty TV show that he was on. What? MASH was the shit. Okay, let me tell you about MASH. MASH, I watched that all the time because we didn't have cable growing up. So we watched things like MASH and I Love Lucy and I love these shows. Um, But MASH, (laughs) this is going to be stupid. Maybe I should share this. Okay, so there's, there's an episode in MASH when somebody's giving birth. Okay. And it's a TV show, so they didn't show anything graphic. 
But this woman, oh, he burped and I tasted your beer. Gross. Sorry. Do it that way. Burp over there. I try to be all incognito. Right <laughs> in my face. I think we just have to be in separate rooms. Well, we can get, we can do that. <laughs> um, what was I saying? Okay, so there's an episode in MASH where the woman is giving birth, but they don't show anything. And this is before I knew where babies come from. I knew that babies were inside of a belly, but I didn't know how they got out. Oh, so this is how you found this out is how I found, where babies no, come no, from? No, this is how I was like confused about where babies come oh. from. Because this woman, all they show is her face and her screaming, ah, ah, and her mouth is just open. And I'm like, is the baby going to come, come out, out of, of its mouth? mouth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, but shit. I was like little, okay? I was like five or something. But I remember thinking, oh, my God, the baby's going to come out of her mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. See, I would see MASH come on. Spoiler alert, it does not come out of your mouth. No, it definitely doesn't. comes out of your butt. <laughs> little shit. <laughs> Um, little this. <laughs> what did you say? Little shit in Spanish. <laughs> I don't know. Mash would come on, and I'd like watch the the opening thing, and I'd be like, ah, whatever. I'm not really into it. And then maybe once or twice, I gave it a shot, and it just didn't catch me. I didn't really give a shit about the war and these medics and whatever. I don't know. I just wasn't into it. So great. He was in Mash. Uh, I love that they had a drag queen on there. Did they? See, or a crossdresser? I don't remember what he was. Never would have known. Anyway, so uh, we decided to watch Invasion of the Body Snatchers again. Uh, Donald Sutherland, who we all know from somewhere, uh, the amazing Jeff Goldblum, Leonard Nimoy, and a few other actors. <laughs> it's um, based on a novel of the same name, and there are a couple of remakes. It's. It's the original. This is a re-envisioning. And then there's another one. I think that one has, like, Nicole Kidman or something. Maybe when I'm When did wrong. that come out? I don't even remember that. Oh, that's in 93. Huh. 93. I don't know. I anyway, don't remember that. We're talking about 1978. And what other movies came out in 1978? Like, classic horror movies. At that point, we already had Texas Chainsaw Massacre. At that point, we already had, what, Michael Myers? Halloween, I think, 79? was 79. Okay. Um, but Alien was 77 or 79? Like, we already had these, like, oh, my gosh, they can do so much gruesome stuff. Excuse me, I burp. And <laughs> I have my screen up and there's a picture of Jeff Goldblum for apartments.com. It's the weirdest ad. Look, look, I said Jeff Goldblum and oh, look, shit. it's. Because <laughs> he's relevant. He's like, I ain't no fucking Donald Sutherland. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder like this, he must have been, this must have been uh, one of his earlier movies because he's young. Oh yeah. So he's nice and limber and very much like. Like, if you look at the video of the B-52s um, performing Rock Lobster and the lead singer guy is so skinny and dancing around and you don't think of him that way because he always looks like an English professor. Right, yeah. Or like he teaches physics or something. Yeah. Anyway, he's, he's like very, very young and very tight. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so anyway. it was a, it was a nice surprise to at least have him in the movie. Yeah, it uh, was it was pleasant because every time you saw him, you're like, oh, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for him to come out. I kept thinking that he was gonna play the David uh, psychiatrist character because I could see him doing that, you know. Being, but until like it finally is revealed, 
I was assuming that's who they were talking about. You got to meet my friend, the, the psychiatrist, no, or David, he, whatever. He plays this character, Jack, um, who basically, who's a writer. Uh, he's a poet. He's a writer that is being overlooked for um, Leonard Nimoy's uh, character, which yeah. is Dr. David, David Kibner. Kibner. Yeah. And he is like the one everybody goes to and writing all these books. Yeah. And, and according to Jeff Goldblum's character, Jack, he is overrated. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is also running a, a mud spa, some sort of like organic. Well, I don't know. What the fuck I think was it was that? just a spa um, with his wife where they do mud baths and massages and steam rooms. Um, and her name is Nancy. And she looks very much like that woman from Stir of Echoes. What did I say her name was? I don't know. I've never even seen Stir of Echoes, but um, that's a Kevin Bacon movie, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's a Kevin Bacon movie. And the lady, okay, I'm, I'm thinking of Elena Douglas. But it wasn't She's her. that woman with those crazy eyes. Uh, no, it's not her. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I was thinking that he was, uh, Jeff Goldblum was going to be the David character originally. And, um, the David from Independence Day. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Yeah. Maybe that's why I thought about that. But, um, there was a scene where I, he was, uh, doing the Jurassic Park though. Did you see that? Like, uh, uh, no, later in, in the end when he wants to be the hero and he's like, look, I got this plan. And then he starts running and it's like how he does <laughs> from the T-Rex. He's like, over here. Yeah, come on. Chase me. I'm over this way. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. Let's do this right. The um, synopsis before we get into anything. When strange seeds drift to Earth from space, mysterious pods begin to grow and invade San Francisco, where they replicate the residents to emotionless automatons, one body at a time. Automatons? Automatons. 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 What the hell is that? Never heard that word before. Pod people. Pod people. All right. Are we pod people? Uh, no. No? No. We don't get considered pod people? No. Having a podcast? Pod people. So after this movie, uh, or, or these movies, pod people were people who were just an empty shell, emotionless, callous. Or like, what? remember my ex? I told you about my ex. She called me an uh, emotionless, callous bitch. So I was a pod person, I guess, because I didn't have feelings. Sure, sure. I meant because you have a podcast. I understood that. I was overlooking okay. that. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> okay, so the movie starts like this. Jizzy drops of semen. alien. <laughs> alien alien semen is is drifting through space and coming down yeah. onto San Francisco. Yeah. I think, it, did it look like to you that they like used some, mag- I don't know, I thought they like magnified some sort of like, uh, under a microscope, some like, it like microscopic came creatures. In the pool. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, when you see under a microscope, like they test things and you see the little cells and everything spreading around. That's what it looked like to me. Mm. Yeah, I didn't look at that way to me. I, I immediately, I immediately was like, "Ew, that's like semen." <laughs> <laughs> but it was San Francisco, so there you go. There you go. So, now, if that was to happen for real, like that would be one. I mean, we would never know. We'd, we wouldn't stand a chance. Right. So what happens is this semen, oh, these seed pods, which is the same thing. <laughs> these bits of semen fall onto all the flora in um, in San Francisco. So they they fall onto whatever is naturally growing and yeah. they create this flower, which is a pod with a flower on top. Um, and they just become an invasive species. They colonize it. Um, 
So we see kids coming across around the corner and their teacher tells them, go pick flowers to take to your parents. Uh, we see, we see other people just looking at the flowers and smelling them. And we, we meet the character. Yeah. Nobody was like, what kind of flower is this? Except, well, Elizabeth did. Elizabeth Driscoll, like the strawberries. Elizabeth. Driscoll strawberries. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth. Um, she decides, oh, this is an interesting flower. Let me take it home. Cause there's something about a pod see like a pod and a flower which is usually a poisonous flower sure and um, she works in like the health works, department in like the testing like, um, facility or something so she has access to f- try to figure out what this fucking flower is yeah she's like a microbiologist or something sure, she works right. in a lab yeah um and so she has vested interest however we do meet her son of a gun husband uh, yeah name? your favorite character wasn't his name uh was it uh, Ra- was Ray it? Ray or something? No, what was it? Robert? Shit. Rat turd? No. Uh... Rat turd. Nice. Good one. Yeah, he was your favorite Jeffrey. character. Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Oh, right. Jeffrey with a G. Not Jeffrey a G. with a G. Oh, uh, I hated him. Now. Ugh. Yeah, he And was... it wasn't her husband. It was her fiance, fiance or boyfriend because they were not married. Yeah. They. Uh, oh, right, right. They painted the picture for him really good. He was this uh, like, a piece of shit man, piece of shit jock watching the game. Everything is all he, important. Okay, this is him. what happens. His wife. Uh, so Elizabeth walks in and he he snaps, snaps at, at her. her. Oh, that was so awesome. I knew. I mean, I say that's awesome because I saw the fire in your eye, <laughs> and that's what I love. I was like, you were like, uh, uh-uh, don't you ever snap your fingers at. Any woman, and like you immediately were like, I hate you, (laughs) (laughs) you will die. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) so yeah, well, because he's obsessed with the game or whatever's going on, he doesn't ask about her at all. He's very much painted as the um, what's the word I'm trying to say, neglectful or distracted partner. Yeah, yeah, but I think they needed to do that, and the reason why I say that is because the stark contrast. With the change in his uh, well, yeah. demeanor so and everything. We all we also meet um okay, so anyway, um Elizabeth um is into the plants, right? And she's into plants, it's all over there, all over the house. And but that specific plant, she tries to talk to her to Jeffrey about it, and um he's like ignoring her he as normal, whatever. <laughs> and then um and then they go to sleep the next day. Oh, and he go, they go to sleep, and he is next to the flower. The flower's on his side of the nightstand. So the next day, she wakes up to him cleaning. Yeah, he's like... And taking out the trash. Totally out of character. Yeah, like doing stuff. Yep. And, and that's how she's like, oh my God, that's not him. And even later in the movie, she like goes to hug him, and she immediately was like, this isn't him. It's just his shell. Right. And so that's how the movie like moves forward is, he's not my husband. He looks like my husband, but that's not him inside. And later on, when we meet Donald Sutherland's character, Matthew, um, who works with her at the health department, um, he is who she goes to, which they don't say they had an affair, but I think they've had an yeah, affair. Yeah, right. Their their because relationship was a little bit how uh, does, too close. Yeah, because later on, when Matthew's character tries, Matthew tries to rescue Elizabeth from the house, how does he know that there's a back door? That has a certain kind of latch that all he has to do is do this, this, and this to get in, and knows the layout of 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 Jeffrey's house because it's not her house. She specifically says at one point, "It's 
not her house. No, it's Jeffrey's. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's so been through her how? back door before. I'm sure he's gone through her side doors, back he's doors, front through, doors. Yeah, he's slipped in through the back door a few times before, I think. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that by the end of the movie, they're professing their love for one another. It's like, you don't do that just based on one day. No, like, they've yeah. been going at it. They work well together. They're... You know, she calls, he's boom, right there. Later on, when um, at Jeff Goldblum's spa, they find a dead body who's, you know, been whatever. Um, and we'll get into that in a second. But his immediate reaction, I need to call Elizabeth. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, they they have a close relationship. Um, it's pretty it's pretty evident. And she's like he's a the the what's it the husband uh jeffrey or whatever he's also not like just even though like he seems to be like kind of a loser right off at the beginning he still has some sort of like what was he like a lawyer he was a dentist a dentist that's right but so there you go a dentist it's Sadistic. you know pretty but <laughs> but still a profession that you would have had to go to school for get the degree mm-hmm. yada yada was so what i'm saying is that she was with him because for whatever reason, he also is not just like, um, obviously he's not, right. a bum. he's not a bum. He's a, he's a loser he in other ways. But he's a bum. So she probably got some of the things in the relationship she was missing from Matthew. Matthew. Like, it, like there's also emotional cheating, even if they hadn't been physical together. Yeah. 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 Like I'm sure she, that's how he was the one who would listen to her and be more of an ear and they work well together. Well, we know that because she immediately goes to him and is like, there's something wrong with my husband. Yeah. And he's like, you would rather believe that, you know, and Matthew's like, you would rather believe all these bad things about him. Um, but instead, why don't you go talk to Dr. Kibner and he, maybe he'll tell you whether this happened, that happened. And then the funniest part, he goes, whether he's become a gay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a big deal. He's like, oh, 1978, man. He might have <laughs> well, become a gay. Francisco. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> is that where it all started? <laughs> is that the mecca of gayness? <laughs> no, <it's not. laughs> Homosexuality is part of nature. It's innate. Oh, no. I know. I saw this thing that showed that in the animal world and uh, even beyond animals, but cellular organisms and other things like that, that in actuality, there's way more um, gay and bi traits in many yeah. animals and and other living beings it's so much more common in other words in that sense yeah and, and i was reading something i mean i'm not a religious scholar by any means but i was reading something that said something like um and there was only one in the recent translations like in the 40s or something of the bible that they said they classified homosexuality as a sin but it was a mistranslation they meant pedo- they, they actually it was pedophilia <laughs> that's funny they missed that one the whole fucking uh catholic church <laughs> the, is no like what, here what? After no, no. It's okay. no. <laughs> pray the gay away but pray altar boys. yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit that's crazy oh my gosh okay so um Jeffries gets body snatched basically. He gets body snatched. Yeah. yeah. And so he was looking forward to like these playoff tickets. Like he was saying how much he wanted mm-hmm. to go playoffs. But when the day came for it, he's like, Oh, I'm not going. I have some I have a thing. Yep. And he leaves. And she's like, That's weird. So so Elizabeth goes to Matthew's house and he's like making like this dinner. Yeah, for himself. Like, what's up with that? 
He was uh, like, pe- pe- "You're allowed to eat <laughs> if you're single." No, but I mean, yeah, but he's putting in all this like <laughs> yeah. as if he was getting okay, ready for so, a date. Or okay, whatever. so I'm sorry, but not everybody just throws stuff in the microwave that they find on the floor. Most average men are not like cooking themselves False. a nice fine meal. He made himself stir fry. Yeah, I mean that's a lot, a little bit more. Well, look, at my age right now, I'll probably try to eat better on my own, but I don't know. It's a lot of guys, you know, and, and women. His character was today. like forty. In today's world, a lot of women don't even know how to cook. That's very true, um, but they don't have to be the only ones to cook. No, but it just means, and it's not a, a gender thing. I'm saying that there's a lot of people that don't know how to cook shit and they just rely on either takeout or microwave or go in a restaurant. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's over here been, stir Friday. It's because we've been, as a society, <laughs> we've been brainwashed into we must be overworked. We must always be working. We must work all the time. We're, we're fucking... Um, yeah, in this glorifying being overworked as opposed to work life bl- blends or work life balances. Yeah. So, no, I agree. Whatever. I agree. All right. So, uh, Jeffrey's body snatched. They're starting to figure out. Oh, they're oh gonna- so they, they talk about it, but then also um, they go into more into depth about his body snatching or like he being different. They don't say body snatch. Right. They, he, him being different. Um, and then the next morning when Matthew goes to the dry cleaner, um, you know, he's like dropping off his stuff. But uh, one of the guys that work there is like, you're a doctor, right? My wife, she's not okay. She's not the same person. Right. He's she's, like, I'm yeah. not a doctor. So I work like, at the health department. He's like <laughs> connecting things. Um, then Elizabeth, mind you, she's following her husband around. And I'm like, she's going to think he's having an affair. Like, you know, that's, you know, whatever. But he, she's like following him all through San Francisco. And um, it's like they're having like, some kind of like exchange of like these pods and they're going to other people and that's how it's being spread the more people are getting contaminated or i'm sorry snatched the more people are getting snatched the less cautious everybody has to be and let me tell you they, there are garbage trucks all times of night right but what they was that never all about? bring them up again what was that about like did the aliens just all of them start their own like nighttime garbage route well or- so here's my thought so later on so spoiler alert later on when elizabeth does get body snatched her body falls to pieces remember it like deteriorates so maybe they're picking that up as opposed to like a full ass body right but uh but everybody has their trash cans out too like they know it's fucking trash night so but it's just weird like i've never seen a trash uh pick up at night maybe in a bigger city that's what they do but i, I don't know I live in la i haven't seen it i haven't seen it but i'm wondering like a new york type situation maybe it makes sense for them to pick trash cans up in the evening when it's less traffic yeah uh, i don't know but um I have another question too. Mm-hmm. Now, this might be skipping further ahead, obviously, but when we know that they are, you know, th- like basically cloning the person that the body so, is snatched from, right? Yeah. So we find that these pods, like the little one that they found that Elizabeth brought home, um, they grow bigger and they essentially grow a copy of you. And when mm-hmm. you fall asleep, they attach tendrils to you. And that's how they get your, I guess, your molecular structure. Sure. And and they create a replica. And then you die. So that's and I my guess question. disintegrate. And you, they take over. So my question is overnight, 
Jeffrey's body was duplicated and then disintegrated and she didn't see any of the remnants of any of this. It was just all of a sudden he's up the next morning and he's different. Maybe she slept in. Yeah. I mean, that's what we We don't know how long it takes because at one point Matthew is sitting in his garden and he falls asleep and his hand touches the floor. Mm -hmm. And during just that quick nap, he got... Yeah. He almost he got a whole replica of himself. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of the Evil Dead uh, when the tree uh, rapes the girl. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that. Oh, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. At that moment, I didn't realize that. I'm realizing it now that, oh, okay, well, where did Jeffrey's body go? Because everybody who gets snatched, their body gets duplicated. And it's so like remember, gross. he took the trash out. Uh-huh. Oh, so maybe that's where his, he threw his own body out in the dumpster. <laughs> um. So at some point, Elizabeth, this is where we meet Jeff Goldblum's character, Jack, uh, because Elizabeth goes to a book signing uh, for Leonard Nimoy's character, David Kibner, um, that Matthew takes her to, that Matthew is Donald Sutherland. Okay, so that's where we meet Jeff Goldblum, which is like the highlight of the initial part of the movie. Um, And they, um, some woman, some other woman comes and, and talks to, Dr. Kibner talking about how her husband is is the same. Like, he's there, but he's not there. Um, it's not him inside. And Elizabeth's, like, trying oh, to she, get yeah. more information. Yeah, and, she's and like, whoa. She's like, oh, I'm there with you. Let's talk about this. And she gives her, says, she tells her, this is my name. This is where I work. Come see me. But Dr. Kibner, um, he's like, he takes her outside and is trying to calm her down, whatever. And then he tells her that he's hearing the same story from everybody. And it's because people are leaving relationships instead of trying harder. And I'm like, what a crock of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's not that. It's like not every relationship is worth saving. Like, can you imagine if I was still with the father of my children? Yeah. Like, I'd be missing limbs at this point. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, I can't. Not every relationship is worth saving. Sometimes you just... Sometimes the relationship is just supposed to get you until from point A to point B in your whole entire book of life. And maybe it's just one chapter that teaches you life lessons to carry on to the next one. Right. I, I agree with that. All of my lessons from past relationships, I'm, I've learned from them and I'm in the healthiest relationship I've ever been in in my life right this moment. Like I am in a healthy relationship It's because I'm able to take all my errors from the past and all of my, I guess enabling from my past as well and I've been able to apply it because of a person that I care about so sometimes you gotta just let that shit wither on the vine right other times you can wait for a full harvest you know now you are notorious for being able to see the the endings of these movies or the twists and the turns that happen now at this part of the movie did you suspect Leonard Nimoy's character? Yes, I did. Because I did too, actually. That's <laughs> you why did. I, yeah. I just thought that his... Like he, he was came, too nonchalant. Yeah, something was about... Like, just something was up. Like, I just felt like, yeah, he's going to be probably, you know, either a traitor or turn out to be a false, fake facade or something well, was up with him. At this know? point, we don't know that they're body snatching. We just know people are different and we don't know why yet. But... I suspected him just simply because he was showing no emotion. Even when seeing his friend, he showed no emotion. He was just very stoic. And there are some people that are just stoic all the time. But 
I don't know. It just didn't feel like it was a proper place for it. It was a party for God's sakes. Yeah. His party. It was his party. Yeah. yeah. And so anyway, uh, he also tells her that um, before you jump and destroy something that you have, and that's just the mentality of lack. Like you're going to hold on to something, even if it's bad, just because you don't want to not have something. And I've known a lot of women like that. Like they'll stay in bad relationships because at least they're with somebody who quote loves them. Um, and they'll stay in bad relationships and it's so much easier to be single. Like me being right now in a relationship, I'm happy, but it's so much fucking work. It's so much simpler to be by yourself. Of course you then take into account, Oh, the, the, the good, the benefits outweigh the negatives. Yeah, definitely. And I'm happy. But at the end of the day, being in a relationship is a lot of work. Saying that you don't, that you want to hold on to something bad um, because you don't want to be single and you're scared of that. Like, yeah, I don't agree with that at all. I was purposefully single. I was dating. I was purposely single for 10 years to raise my children. And after that, like, I got into a relationship that was the best, is the best relationships ever. But, you don't just do things. You don't not move forward because of fear. No, like, but a lot of people find it hard and though. move forward. A lot of people find it really hard and they have a hard time just even thinking about how they would be able to leave this person because they've spent so much time not together, but it. in a weird way, they just can't separate themselves from it. Um, it I totally it get it. Definitely needs to happen a lot of times with a lot of people, and they just, you know, it's it can also even happen to people not necessarily in a relationship with a person, but like for example, with like a working relationship, or like say a a city you live in. You know, like a lot of times people like if you live like, in Meth City, leave. Well, there's <laughs> places difficult. where that people look at it like, hey, there's nothing really to do. You go to high school, you get done you you get a girl pregnant you have some kids and you work a construction job in this little town and nothing changes like they don't f- have the the faith to be able to like and the the, the courage or whatever to just leave that place yeah. and go find something else in other words they just you know and that that's what it is is you just need to be be able to put it aside, make a change, and move on. You know, well, and people don't have that courage sometimes. Yeah, there's a couple of things I do want to touch on if we have time. Um, the first one is, I get it. Um, I was with an abusive, the abusive father of my children for as long as I was because I was so scared of being a single mom. And let me tell you, after I left, the best thing I would have ever done was being a single mom, and that was selfishly because I didn't have to share the responsibilities or joys with anybody. Like I was able to raise them the way I want to. And I have amazing fucking kids. Yeah, That's one thing. It's brutal. It's hard. And there's a lot of stigma around being a single mom. And that's hard too. Um, but luckily nowadays, there's a lot of places that can help. Um, well, the other part is, um, sorry. There's a lot. No, I was just going to say that nowadays, yes, there is a lot of stigma, but I think that a lot of single mothers like yourself have started to change a little bit of that stigma or the outlook because there's actually quite a lot of single moms who are successful and had to become successful because of that reason. Don't, I'm not saying that the stigma has gone. I completely understand. Um, but there's, you know, I think that if you want to look at the life as, you know, being half full, the cup yeah. half full, that, that 
there's a lot of change that is coming now from the positive uh, outcomes. Not every single mother ended up failing, so therefore there's a difference of opinion yeah, on single I'm mothers. I'm just saying, here. like, um, I'm just giving you kudos uh, to you for being thank one you. of the good ones. That- but well, thank you. But <laughs> I do want to highlight that I was literally to my face told two different things. One. I don't feel comfortable renting this apartment to you because you're single income. And if something were to happen to your job, you wouldn't be able to pay the rent. That sucks. Yeah, that does suck. Um, Another one was at a previous job, which was an abusive job that I had to leave and make that decision. I was told I can get a guy in here with no kids to do what you do. That failed. They were not able to do that. But I finally was able to leave. But those two things follow me. Like I constantly think okay, as a single mom, who's judging me at this moment? And it's something I have to work on because at the end of the day, I don't want them living in my mind rent-free, right? Now, the moving cities thing, that one is a big deal. Like, okay, right now, um, what is that, Hurricane Ida? Ida? Yeah, uh, I think that was the one that crashed through Louisiana Louisiana and then went up north. So there were a lot of people being so judgmental about people who didn't evacuate Louisiana. But they don't understand that it takes more than just deciding to leave. Like you need to have a place to go, but you also need to be able to have a car to get there. You need to have money to be able to go. A lot of people just can't afford it. Like a lot of it is financial. And it's it's very, very, very difficult to make such a change. So I get that mentality of before you jump and destroy something that you have. I totally, totally get that. However, there are places that can help. However, if you need resources, email us and I can help you find resources. But really, it's it's you sometimes just have to just bite the bullet and go. That's figure something well, out. That's yeah. Now, a financial thing. First of all, yes, anytime you're going to move somewhere, it's going to take a little bit of time. But the thing is, if you make the decision today, then what you do is you spend the next couple paychecks just saving up money to Sometimes do what you can. Sometimes you can't. I understand that it's Look, tough, but I, I did it. You so- did it, but you also had a little bit more than, like, it wasn't just you by yourself. When I decided to leave and I took my children and we moved to Las Vegas, I thought about it for not even 24 hours. And then I left, but I was fortunate enough that at the time my mom helped me get a U-Haul and helped me drive it to Las Vegas. I had an aunt who had a vacancy in one of her apartments and she let me move in um, and, and just pay rent moving forward. You know, I had another aunt who helped me find a job right away. I had two jobs. You know, I, there are, you know, people that are helpers in the world that'll come across, that you'll come across, but like, I'm sorry, but you had a lot of privilege. You had some money to help you along the way. And some people are fortunate to have that. And some people are fortunate, like I was, to have family around to help. You know, it's, but some people don't have either. No, absolutely. And I, that's what we're saying, I guess, with how it relates to this movie is that, yes, sometimes people just don't feel like they have a, sh- a chance or a shot and they don't know how to get away from the f- thing that they fear the most or whatever. Right. At the same time, um, Dr. David Kibner does tell Matthew that there's some kind of hallucinatory flu going around. And when Matthew, as a health inspector, says, is there something we should be doing about that? He says, don't create a panic. Um, wouldn't you, as a doctor, be obligated to report to somebody that there's something going around 
hallucinatory or not. Like that could be some kind of virus or something that goes into your mind, some kind of parasite that's being passed around, you know, as that happens, there are parasites that affect your mental stability. Yeah. So um, that's when I was like, there's something up with this doctor. Right, right. Uh, he was a little suspect from the beginning, I think, too. Um, I don't know. Leonard Nimoy, he was the bad guy. <laughs> All right. So then from there we go and we follow Jack, who is Jeff Goldblum's character, to his spa. And that's where we meet his wife. And we also find out that they have a spa and all kinds of stuff. But uh, we do find that there is somebody there who had previously given the wife a plant, right? And that's when we're like, uh-oh, because we know ominously there's the plants and we see them, right? Um, and at some point that plant has cloned some other guy and there's just this guy sitting there and he looks gnarly as shit he looks like he looks like um a, a baby that was just born and not cleaned off yet yeah i thought he looked very like he almost had like cobwebs or some sort of uh, yeah like yeah something all over him now this is the first time we're finally seeing like a body or something yeah. strange, right? And yeah. it freaks the wife out. She's like, oh, my God. <laughs> well, because first of all, they, there's a body in their business. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but also, there's is this guy dead? Is he not? I mean, if a place has that much humidity because of the steam, right, maybe it's a great place to be growing these things. Yeah. Have you? Uh, so you think that there are really places like this where you? I mean, I know that there's like mud baths type of thing. Is that what this? It, this I think so. Really Did I look like, like that? I'm not. Yeah, sure. it looked really grimy. It looked worse than a high school, you know. Uh, gym, well, that's because uh, you saw that big, the big guy with in the mud. Yeah, but it's just gross. And then they got to stick their hands in that mud and stuff afterwards. And then what? Do they drain the mud and fill it up every day? Like, or is somebody else so. getting into the next mud bath? I think so. Kinda I mean, nasty. it's 78, probably. Kind of nasty. Like, but people are nasty. Like, right now, right now during the pandemic, there are videos that show people how to wash their fucking hands. Like, people are nasty. Well, I don't know what to say about that. Okay. Well, I washed mine, so that's great. Thank you. So, um, that's when Matthew's brought in, Elizabeth's brought in, you know. Um, actually, Matthew's brought in and he's like, Oh shit, I'm worried about Elizabeth. And that's when he goes and rescues Elizabeth because he realizes that she might be in trouble. She was because fucking Jeffrey ass Jeffrey kid uh, uh put her to sleep and there was a replica being made of her, and he like sedated her. That's where we finally realize that they're cloning or whatever you want to call it, um, mm -hmm. you know. And, yeah, Matthew comes. This is when he sneaks through that back door and is, mm -hmm. like, able to come in and rescue her. He hides in the closet when the husband comes in the room. Mm -hmm. And um, he, eventually, you know, he does make it out of there. Um, and, yeah, we see that he sees even that there's this clone. So now he was a little skeptic before. He's no longer skeptic. He's like, what the fuck? They were cloning right. her, and I know Elizabeth, so what the fuck right. is happening? So this is how they become like a foursome. It's Matthew, that's the Donald Sutherland character. There's Elizabeth, there's Nancy, that's Jeff Goldblum's wife, and Jeff Goldblum is Jack. And they become this party of four looking out for each other. They called Dr. Kibner... But all he did was try to sedate Elizabeth even more so. Um, and, and, um, and then he takes off. We find out he's part of the pod people. 
This is where you find out he's in cahoots with yeah. with some other guy and the husband. You know, um, there is a, a great scene when. So uh, is he the leader of the pod people? You no, think? I don't think he's the no. leader of the pod people. He's they, just the one that had already influential. So um, the pod people, what they ended up being is there, um, according to um, what we find out about them. And we'll just broad stroke it. Um, what we found out about them is pod people are essentially the aliens go from planet to planet and they take over and what they do is they want to make sure um they want to make sure that they are living in a place of i guess peace Mm -hmm. because they say you'll be born again into an untroubled world and that is what they become they become unable to be emotional about anything in fact nancy ends up being able to walk among them kind of like Shaun of the dead by just showing no emotion <laughs> yeah that's funny she's like oh you know just uh just have just, no feelings yeah have no feelings and walk slow and it's like yeah. you blend in with the zombies <laughs> yeah and that's essentially what they are and that's essentially what we became as a society like we're so callous as a society like it's only now that uh, our generation is raising children to give a shit, which is why you see all these teens and young adults being so active in um, in social justice because we were raised by callous ass people. Like my mom tells me she loves me only when somebody else is around, you know, <laughs> and that's fact. But I raise my children differently um, so as not to follow that cycle and my kids are caring and they and you know it, it, it's finally a generation of, of people who give a shit about other people that's why the whole accountability culture that we talked about in the last episode mm-hmm. um it's like we as a society have been these pod people for such a long time and that's why we are now in late stage capitalism like that's just what it is. Yeah, you go way deep into the whole thing of this movie. All right, let's uh, talk about. I was just wondering, as let's like, talk about Dogman. Leonard Nimoy was uh, the, the, you know, so what you're saying is that these alien creatures could understand influence and understand who's yes. got status, and they use uh, the, that to their benefit. Because basically. even in the animal world, there's hierarchy. Yeah. Um, it's, but it's obviously, a so we're thing. assuming, yeah, I mean, these alien creatures are super smart and they realize like, okay, mm-hmm. well, we'll, we'll get the book guy because he seems we'll to get be. the book guy. He's a doctor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but let's talk about the dog man. Yeah. The, what about the dog man? So Elizabeth and Matthew with Nancy, because at this point, Jeff Goldblum had turned into a pod person. Um, they're walking among them emotionless. Oh, but the, there was Elizabeth... The, uh, Gives away their position because she screams at the top of her lungs because at some point, a a, a person with a, a houseless person and a dog were sleeping in the park, and the pod created a hybrid, and so it was this dog with a man face. Yeah, that's fucking <laughs> funny. It actually it reminded me of an episode of Aqua Team Hunger Force. I've never seen it. Ah. Uh, God, there's this funny, funny episode where there's a. Is dog. that with the French fry guy and the yeah. milkshake guy? Yeah. And is that a meat? Is it a meatball? The meatball. Okay. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, there's this. He he has. There's the neighbor guy. He's um this big 
burly, uh, hairy, like New Jersey guy. And uh, Carl is his name. I actually named our van Carl after the him. Uh, when we were touring, we just gave our van a Which name. Which guy is Carl? Carl's the big Carl Botanalaluski. You know, he's the neighbor that's bald and fat. And so he's not food? No, no. Oh, okay. He walks around like a normal human being. He lives next door. To food. To the food guys, yeah. And he, at one point, has this dog that has a like a... A face and he calls it like hand banana or something like that and the dog is like talking about it's gonna come and like fuck him in the middle of the night or whatever it was kind of <laughs> so crazy weird. yeah it's crazy uh but that's what it reminded me of and yeah so that was the poor <laughs> homeless guy that had the boxer right and they would like sit in the park or whatever they were asleep in the park, asleep in the park and they turn into a fucking dog man <laughs> <laughs> well, i thought it was hilarious i thought it was cool too that was uh so there were some cool parts where they finally had some nice special effects, especially for the time, 1978. Yes. So we saw uh, fires being set when they... So uh, Elizabeth and Matthew end up at this factory where they make all of the... Or, yeah. or they're growing or cultivating all of the pods and exporting them. And it's genius the way that they're doing it. They are giving them to people with family outside of town. And putting them on buses to go, right, um, to go continue with the repopulation, right? That's smart. Yeah. I um, mean, yeah. And they had this whole, like, it almost looked like a giant, like, drug house, grow house factory <laughs> you setup. You would know. <laughs> um, so the, but the factory was pretty cool. Um, there was fires set there. There was um, special effects, like just people being you know, birthed out of these pods, I guess. Um, and then those are pretty cool too. I, I did remember, I do remember that there was a time where Elizabeth is left alone and she's come back and then she's become a pod person and her face kind of like Indiana Jones melts. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, yeah, it, kind of, it reminded me of like of, that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, at the end of it though, like the movie ends with everybody. So, Elizabeth chain up uh, became a pod person and even Matthew became a pod person. We actually don't know this because he it looks like he's like sneaking into his work, but he's become a pod person. We know this because Nancy, that Jeff Goldblum's wife, um she's like calls out survivor. to him and she's like the she's like the final girl and then he and everybody people might be familiar with that scream he like points at her and opens his mouth and lets out this scream yeah. and then and, and sells her out but um i mean it, it leaves it as in there's no hope yeah that was a traditional like we got you one more time ending you know like most of the horror movies like end jason like, like jason coming out and, yeah, yeah and freddie coming out of the door and and uh mm -hmm. that so it was that that's cool i mean you know typical um good like leave you wanting or, some more um otis coming out of the behind the yeah, convertible yeah yeah <laughs> stuff like that now um shoot i was gonna say something i just lost it um it will come back to me um, well, I think the best way, if they were going to kind of uh, try to avoid it instead of going to, to the factory or to do whatever, um, I, I think they could have just blown up the buses. The bu oh, because yeah. the buses were heading yeah. out of town. Um, but I, I don't know how you would kill them. I mean, like they die like normal people. Yeah, we saw that because you think um, this was only going on in San Francisco. I think maybe the first splooge was in San Francisco, and it was going to. Um, 
it, it was going to spread from there. But I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like how lucky San Francisco and not like the middle of the ocean because it would have missed it by like a couple of miles and it would have gone well, into Maybe the they ocean. would have morphed with the ocean creatures and then How do we know they have it? They would that's probably where they get the kaijus from or something like that. Kaijus. <laughs> yeah. That's where Godzilla comes yeah, from. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh That's funny. Shoot, there was something that I was going to say. I totally lost it. I'll just uh I'll have to come back to You me. said at one point, what a place to fall in love. I wrote that down. <laughs> oh, what a place to fall in love. Why did I say that? You said that because they professed their love before the that famous Irish song started playing on the <laughs> boat. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, I remember. Wait, did this movie have nudity? Um, It did in that you can see. It was rated PG, which we rea- I realized that. It was in that you um, can see um, uh, um, uh, Elizabeth's boobs. Um, when she was a pod person because right, they're born naked. Right. And that's what I was thinking. I was like, there's not too many. There's just a few PG movies that show boobs. And um, this happened to be one of them. And this obviously was PG because back then the rating system was slightly different. I think that's also why we found out that Jaws was technically rated mm-hmm. PG as well as like Poltergeist and a few others. Um but I just thought it was funny because obviously you don't see a lot of nudity in a, in a movie that's PG. One of the ones that I knew famously was Clash of the Titans, the original. Um, there's this quick I scene. That was an anime. No, Clash of the Titans, the original, is live action. So what? Oh, I'm thinking of Attack on Titans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but there was a, they used to show it in school, like when you would have like a movie day. Oh wait, is that your like? Excuse me, I burped. Oh, it tasted like dinner. Gross. Um, <laughs> is that your movie that you watch? That you're like, we need to watch this, and we need to. It's like an epic, like three three hour movie. Oh no no Caligula no no. What movie is it that you? Some homo movie you want us to watch? What is it? Homo. Charles Charles Charles. Oh, who is it? you're talking about Ben Hur. Ben Hur. Ben Hur. Ben Hur. Ben Hur. Ben and Hur. Ben and Hur. Yeah, no, the original Ben-Hur I, I liked a lot with Charlton Heston. I never saw the remake. I don't know. Um, it, it, this Clash of the Titans is more of like the Greek mythology kind of thing. It has like... Uh, uh, it talks about the Titans? Yeah, it talks about and well, Zeus. Olympus? And then okay. it's like... Well, that um, makes sense because I, I know I know those stories. It has like uh, Pegasus, I think, in it. Uh-huh, that um, makes sense too. So and it has Medusa, famously Medusa's in it, and the the guy has to go. I don't know if the main character it can't be Hercules, or maybe it is, but I don't know if it is. But um, the point is, in the opening scene, they used to show this movie in school, like as like, oh yeah, well you're not gonna do anything, just watch a movie today, and they would put Clash of the Titans on, and there's a scene where she's like breastfeeding the baby, and you can clearly see her her tits and i was i was always like holy shit it's a pg movie because i couldn't watch rated r or pg-13 you're like i'm gonna rent that one <laughs> <laughs> no but whenever it came on or whatever i'd be like ha, ha, they're gonna show boobs in a pg movie <laughs> so when i saw this one i was f- quite surprised and i was like immediately i was like it's a horror movie <laughs> <laughs> it's only it's horror, horror movie has movie. boobs yeah 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 <laughs> oh man okay is there a horror movie without Lots of them, yes. Jaws. No, well, Jaws. Technically, you can kind of like uh, see the it's girl. In the dark, yeah. Though. There, 
there's quite a few. A matter of fact, a lot of the ones that we've reviewed have been the ones that I bring up and be like, is it a horror movie? I don't know. Because <laughs> many of them that we've watched do not have the typical uh, huh. nudity in them. Okay. Okay. You look very stumped right now. Like yeah. You think that every movie we watch, that's just the lesbian in you. You're always like, ah. You think that it's all torso over and over again. Oh, torso's a good movie. We should do that one next. <laughs> That'll satisfy your pleasure for some flesh. What was that movie that had the, the not uh, with the box cutter? It was so menacing. Click, click, click. Yeah, Knife in the Dark or knife something in like that. Blade in the Dark. Blade in the Dark, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. All the Jalo movies are amazing. Yeah, they're like Scooby-Doo with boobs yeah all right well um i thought the movie was great i really enjoyed it i liked it too um i definitely was having a lot of fun with it because of jeff goldblum and just the (laughs) whole feel of the movie it was cool the fact that it was in the 70s Mm -hmm. yeah it's like something completely different like oh my god you don't wash your hands Uh, but I, I was also kind of thinking about how, you know, this could be highly um, realistic. Not necessarily to say that aliens are going to take over, but just the same. Like, again, if you think that what was happening was uh, similar to what we're going through now in a pandemic, you have mm-hmm. some sort of a virus, a bacteria or a unknown species, a microscopic um, whatever, and it yeah. can contaminate and spread and then get from one person to the next. And then, you know, and nobody's listening to it, the science. Yeah. <laughs> like, so I, it's just very, you know, again, like a little more realistic and plausible and could happen in some ways, you know, and is happening again. Like, I guess I'm repeating myself now, but yeah, it's that part of it. I thought, wow, fucking 1978. And this is like, obviously a remake of an older movie, but they, and it's sci-fi fantasy kind of almost, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're sort of living in that world I right like, now. I like sci-fi horror. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. yeah, we are living in the invasion of the body snatchers. Oh, my gosh. Look how many Jeff Goldblums are on my screen right now. It's just ads. That's great. This is Thank so you. nuts. The... The master. The CIA really, they can just subscribe. They're just, she said Jeff Goldblum a bunch of times. Show her Jeff Goldblum. She'll buy it. She'll buy it. Whatever's on the screen, she'll buy it. I don't need an apartment. <laughs> yeah, but you'll get it because Jeff Goldblum told you to. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I'm just going to go buy another place. <laughs> um, I was oh thoroughly happy with this movie. I, um, you know, I would recommend it to someone. I was actually. You know, it was we just came across it was so random, right? Because we, normally we think about it. This, this time we were just like flip, 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 and we saw Invasion of the Body Snatchers, and we both were like, "Yeah, let's do it." Well, it was interesting that it kind of meshed well with the last one we did, which was Metropolis, which was an Ice Cream Sunday episode. Yeah. Um, for those of you that don't know, our Ice Cream Sunday episodes are released on Sundays. And those are essentially just us going back to basics and starting from the 20s and 30s and working our way through the um, the uh, the classic monsters. That's what the Ice Cream Sunday is just in a little add-on, a little extra special treat that you get on the side. Yeah, and um, they're generally shorter. Yeah. But uh, I was thoroughly pleased with this movie. Um, it it did make me smile. And <laughs> Jeff Goldblum looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> you said you like sci-fi horror. Um, 
I don't know if you've ever seen this, but Event Horizon is. I have not a seen good Event movie. Horizon. That would be good to do because I would love to watch movies I haven't seen before, like this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was happy that both of us had never seen this yeah. one before. Yeah. Because you said you the last well, one of the other movies we did was Oculus, and you hadn't seen it recently, but there was still a you had like seen remnants. it. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of the other ones, you know. Like high tension, you obviously knew what was going on with that before, you know. And I was watching it for the first time, which that's cool, totally cool. But it was, it's nice when we find one that we both haven't seen, yeah, and then we're both experiencing it for the first time, yeah. Uh, so yeah. I, I agree on that one, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's keep it up. Um, until then, uh, thank you for stopping by. We are so glad that you listen to this episode. Um, if you have not done so, please subscribe and if possible, give us a rating that totally helps us. It, word of mouth is great. Go tell your friends and, and, uh, invite somebody to listen in, you know, whatever, but, um, just leaving a comment or, or rating and subscribing is also yeah. a big help. Yeah. And you can check out everything ice cream parlor on our website, icecreampodcast.com. That's I S C R E A M podcast.com there you can do everything from just email us or submit a movie uh, find out what we're up to and look at more ways to listen um we also have a youtube channel um you can find the link on our site as well and that's for our video episodes yeah. the last one we did was orphan um and at some point we'll start putting oh, that was more a great episode there. yeah i loved orphan um and that's it Thanks a bunch. Yeah. Tune in next time. See you soon. Bye. Okay, bye.